joining us. Hi, Flame. Hi, Ferret. Hi, Phantom. Welcome to episode six, everybody. Today, we are leaning into angst and talking all about Darkfic. Huge thank you to Aluka for our absolutely heartbreaking cover art. Go check it out and make sure you bring the tissues. Like, I'm still scarred on a level. It's Be- that good. It's beautiful <laughs> and, and so sad. So, so sad. Because we're talking about sad, sad things, we've brought in some experts in sad, sad things. And we've got some two awesome interviews for you today. The first is with Trees Ramblings and Resurrected Hippo, where I get to talk to them about the events that cater to Dark Fan Works and why they started the Dark Work server. And then I chat with Kiar about her thoughts on all things deliciously angsty, both within fandom and then the difference between dark thick and fandom and darker traditionally published works it's a really wide conversation i think you guys are gonna love it we wrap things up with your trope trope off update and events forecast that's a lot to talk about so let's get started hello podcast landia i am here today with two um mavens of the dark fic hippo and tree and we're going to talk in fact like ferret and i already said in the intro to this episode we're going to be chatting dark fic so hippo and tree thanks so much for joining me thanks for having me yeah thank you for having us really excited so first we're going to start off like we do with everybody and we're going to talk fandom origin stories so tree would you kick us off what is yours oh goodness okay so I actually started writing fan fiction when I was probably four uh, for Animorphs. Uh, like I had a little floppy disk and everything that I would just save it onto. I was that kind of child. Um, and then as I grew older, I really got into reading it probably when I was around either 11 or 12. And it was for like Naruto because I was super into anime and I was super emo as a teenager. Um, And it sort of progressed from there, going from like Naruto to um, like Inuyasha and Bleach. And then when Glee came out, actually, uh, and the clane ship, Kurt and Blaine happened, that was the first um, slash fic like slash pairing whatever that I read and it's what really got me into realizing that everything doesn't have to be heterosexual all of the time (laughs) so I read that and then I wrote fanfic for a little bit when I was between like 12 and 15 and then finally last year well, I'd, I've been in the Marvel fandom and like reading Marvel fan fiction since uh, 2011, but I didn't actually contribute anything until last year when I joined the Stacconi Discord. And being in that Discord actually encouraged me to write and explore what I could add to the Marvel fandom because I hadn't written in so long. So yeah, that server is such a great encourager of um, new writers. They do a really great job over there. Yeah, so that's that's sort of my story. That's I I guess that's what you could say (laughs) about me. 
No, that's fair. Have you always been in since 2011? Have you always been in like the Steve, Tony, Steve, Tony, Bucky universe or have there been other ships? Um, uh, Steve, Tony was definitely my favorite. Um, it's, it's been like, it's my comfort ship, basically. Whenever I'm really needing something, I normally go for Stony. Um, I didn't get into Stuckoni until maybe two years ago or so. And then I've got gotten into like Winter Iron, um, Hydro Trash Party. Um, I love like any ship that has Natasha in it. I really like Flint, the classic, you know, 2011, 2012 fix there with Flint. Um, I kind of bounce back and forth between a lot of different pairings. Oh, OTC6. You can't go wrong with OT6 for me. Yeah, coming in in 2011, I can see why OT6 would really work for you. So um, yeah, that was that was peak OT6 times. So that makes that makes total sense. Hippo, what about your journey? What brings you to us? Yeah, so I actually didn't know what fan fiction was for a while until I watched Boys Over Flowers, a Korean drama that was a hit back then. And I just started Googling like what happens to this, this pairing after like what happens to this couple after. And then I stumbled upon LiveJournal and there was just fanfics, just stories continuing what happens to that specific pairing. And then after that, I discovered fanfiction.net and like you, Tree, I also was into Naruto. So I started reading some Naruto fan fiction and then I started watching Supernatural. Yes, you guessed it. I shipped Castiel and Dean. Um, so that launched me into, I guess, slash pairing and everything that comes with Supernatural. Um, I was a longtime lurker in fandom, as in I would just go on fanfiction.net and AO3 and kudos. I didn't even have an account. Um, so I would just kudos and leave, kudos and leave um, as a guest until I said, well, actually, I actually should make an account. I've been here for a while. And I did. And I just kept reading fanfics on and off throughout the years. And it wasn't until I joined the POTS Discord server that I realized what people are actually talking to each other about fic. I, I did not know that. So that was completely new to me. Um, so that sense of community was really great to stumble upon. And from joining that Discord server, I got to know Fundamental Blue. So another Steve Tony, Stacconi writer. And we got to talking about dark fic, specifically a darker interpretation of Steve Rogers and what that might look like. So it was really through my conversations with her that I was encouraged to write my own fix because at that point I was just lurking. So I, I wrote my first dark fic, which is a post-Infinity War um, Steve Tony fic. So I guess from there, just never really stopped talking to other people who like similar things as me. I love it. Well, Blue, if you're listening to this, thank you for forcing Hippo to write dark fic. And for the Stuckoni server, thanks for giving us Tree. So, and I can't remember, I, Hippo, I know I met you in POTS and Tree. I think I met you in Stuckoni. Um, yes. I think that's where it was. Yeah. So it's been, 
it's been fun as I have grown in my dark fic enjoyment. Um, it's been really great to have writers that I can trust in it, if that makes sense. Um, and so I really enjoyed reading reading y'all's work. So speaking of dark fic in particular, um, it's a it's a bit of a maligned category, I think, but I think it's also a little bit misunderstood. Um, and there's a lot of people who equate dark fic like entirely with major character death or entirely with, with Hydra Trash Party. But it's so much more multifaceted than that. Like dark fic is just, it's, it's so wide. It's such a wide interpretation. So what about it kind of works, works for you guys? Why do you, why do you gravitate towards that end of the swimming pool as it were? Um, I just like the way it makes me feel, <laughs> simple as that. And I guess that feeling is to describe it with just like your heart aching and you just want to cry. Um, I think it pushes me to cry in that sense. And I do think the process of writing dark fig is like a purge. It's very cleansing because you're dealing not, not just with plot, but trying to look hard and deeply about someone's trauma and the complicated emotions that are entangled with that. I do agree with you that dark fic could be, has been misunderstood in the sense that it, it's either just non-con, but I don't think dark fic is just non-con or um, underaged or major character death. I think it's a darker interpretation of how life could be. Um, one example that comes to mind is actually Casio's divorce fic. And it's a divorce fic and it's super family. And I think it's one of the best super family fics out there because it not only talks about Steve and Tony's romantic relationship, but the effects of the relationship's downfall on their kid, which is Peter Parker in that story. Um, so I also had read around Tumblr and other forums how dark fic is also a practice of empathy. And I agree with that. As previously mentioned, where you're trying to get into this character's head, especially I think if you're writing it from the perpetuator of violence's perspective and trying to make sense of people's actions and, and why it works that way. And sometimes you know, reasons are not necessarily justified for you as a writer, you understand that. And you're also hoping that the reader might also take away your point, in fact. So I think really dark fic can be really philosophical in that sense. And it's not necessarily just about graphic violence or darker themes, but uh, a clear dive into somebody's psyche and the afterlives of such violences. I adore that connection with empathy. And I think I'm really glad you brought that out because one of my guiding life philosophies is that understanding someone is not condoning them. And that yeah. if we could understand motivations and explanations and context of more people's lives, it's easier to do life with them if you kind of see where things are going. I think a lot of conflict in interrelational conflict um, this is one of those episodes where we should have a video one because I'm talking so much with my hands. Um, but interrelational conflict, I think sometimes is predicated 
on surprises. You feel surprised or completely taken aback, or you can't tell where this person is coming from. And so you feel off, off guard. Whereas if we really had deep relationships with other people and really understood empathetically where people are coming from, there's a lot less surprises and things feel a little bit more on even ground. And I love how, I love how dark, for sure. I think my darker, I've written three fix, three fix. I would classify as as uh, darker, two of them for an event you guys ran, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, and they are my most empathetic works, I think. And they are also the ones I get the most angry comments about in that I'm trying to ask other people to be empathetic towards addicts. Um, and they react pretty negatively to that. <laughs> so I think that's just a really, really fascinating point, Hippo. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, of course, thank you. Uh, Tree, what about you? Is is that a similar why you love? Um, I love this idea of crying too and it being kind of a, a, a plug to make you cry because I famously do not cry at fix. So maybe I should give more dark fix a go. But Tree, does, does that resonate with you what Hippo said? So yes, what Hippo said, I feel like that does resonate with me also. But I definitely have a more relaxed approach to it I guess you could say because Hippo is the type of person that she wants to cry like 24 7 and more power to her <laughs> but I'm a very like in my real life I'm a very anxious and stressed out person and everything so I cry basically every other day anyway just from like l literally I'll cry over spilt milk I I'm that type of person I just can't not do it so for me, it's less about a fic making me cry, which it doesn't really do that often anyway, which is counterproductive to what I just said, but it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> but um, for me, dark fic is more about studying the human condition, I guess you could say, because everybody has had something negative multiple negatives happen in their life, whether it's like um, experiencing a parental death, experiencing a bad breakup, um, finding out bad news about your health, or even something as simple as like, you know, failing a test that you were really, really looking forward to passing because of whatever it could give you. And you have those negative feelings within you and sometimes you don't necessarily have a good way to get them out. So for me, it's about, I guess you could say, I want to be honest and truthful to how people are in the real world. And dark fic is something that can explore that. Um, I don't necessarily dislike fluff. I like fluff and and I don't want anyone to think that I don't like fluff. Um, but I feel like in a sense, just straight fluff fic is dishonest in a sense, just because you need to have some sort of conflict. Otherwise, I guess to me at least, it seems like ingenuine. So, I guess to sum it all up, for me, dark fic is about being able to embrace the human condition, embrace 
people as diverse, interesting, complex human beings. And the fact that, you know, we don't necessarily have to be happy all the time. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be upset or anything. Like we have a quote on the dark server um, that says, it's from a guy named uh, Joe Torrey. He says, unless you have bad times, you can't appreciate the good times. And for me, that's something that I really feel empathetic towards and really look at in my own life. Um, yes, I believe that dark fic has a really negative connotation associated with it in the um, Marvel fandom, because you could go to other fandoms like Hannibal, for instance, and basically every fic in Hannibal is going to be what is, in my opinion, a dark fic. Um, and, or you could go to like Teen Wolf or Supernatural and you'll probably find a good balance between straight fluff and straight dark fic. It's just, I'm trying to think of a good way to like say it without like doing complete rambling. It sounds to me like in a way we, we see fic the same. Like I write some definitely like fluff or nutter fics, but even within them, I always try to create tension on some level. And I think life has seasons. Like I've never, I've, you know, for instance, never been wildly tortured by a megalomaniac superhero um, bent on destroying the world, but I have been through a breakup. And so right. my stuff doesn't lean as much towards the darker themes of fic in terms of torture or non-con or things like that. I do some of the more softer dark fic as it were, I'm using air quotes. Um, but it's hard for me to write like pure and unadulterated fluff. And I can only do it for about 1K for a bingo. Um, I always need to put a little bit of the tension or even just a, a fleeting mention that like the fic I just wrote is, is the makeup fic after a 20 year divorce and they've gotten back together. And this is a moment in time that is sweet and fluffy. Um, but I, I understand, I completely resonate and understand what you're saying about like to write a giant long fic or to, or to pretend that all, you know, it all life can be fluffy. You know, we all have fantasies and we all engage with fic in different ways. And it's just what it sounds like for you is the grounded reality element is a really important part of your fic engagement. And so to go into the fantasy of fluff, which a lot of fluff readers would say that's what it is, is just pure escapism and pure fantasy is not how you are interested in engaging with fic. I feel like that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't really, like I said, I don't really dislike fluff fic and I do read it, but I can't read like, there's this author I used to really like um, and she released a like 400 word um, fluff fic and she literally says in the description this is straight fluff and I, I said 400 I meant uh, 40k sorry she she released a 40k fic that she said was just straight fluff and I'm like I don't even want to click it because you're telling me that that's that's a lot to write that doesn't have any tension or anything negative or anything realistic in it. Um, something else I wanted to mention about this is, you know, you said that dark fic gets a really bad rep. 
and everything and can get misunderstood is misunderstood, which I do agree with completely. And, you know, we say in our server, um, the term's very ambiguous. It's left up to the discretion of the author or the artist, if it's dark art, as to what they're comfortable with. But we do have in relation to AO3's biggest warnings, you know, graphic depictions of violence, MCD, underage, rape, non-con, and all that. Those are hand in hand with dark fic, but they don't have to be. Like, um, you could write you wrote a fic, um, I don't remember the name of it, I'm sorry, but you wrote a fic that had to do with um, Steve and Tony being in a relationship, and Steve uh, was a werewolf. Yes, a werewolf and, cannibal, the fic that very famously let, yeah. had people telling me to leave fandom. Yeah, yeah, that one. That was a fun fic, yeah. And that doesn't, like, that doesn't deal really with violence, MCD, underage, or rape, non-con. That's not in it, but that is a dark fic. It's a quote-unquote softer side of dark fic, but it's still dark fic. See, I feel like there's, like you said, people are so focused on the heavy, heavy dark side of dark fic that they don't realize what other fics or what other um, aspects of dark fic there are. And I have an example, if you don't mind. Not at all. Actually. And I did get permission from uh, the author of this. Um, but she asked that I clarify that this is my personal interpretation of the fic. Um, this is not her, hers. So Saber um, wrote Celestial Navigation. It's one of the most popular fics in fandom. Everybody loves it. And she's definitely gotten hate that is completely unnecessary and unwarranted for it because of the underage aspect. But even if you completely took out the underage aspect, in my opinion, Celestial Navigation is still a dark fic because it does have those darker themes. Um, it's like, she has it where Omegas are basically seen as the way women in real life are either seen in the um, in the now or in the not too distant past. Um, she said the way that she feels is it should make you read it and say, ah, wait, because of course people can love each other even if society is fucked up, but let's not ignore that society is fucked up because some people are still happy. Uh, that was a quote from her and, and she has, that fic is just it's so amazing and heartfelt and it makes you feel so many things and it's absolutely beautiful but in my opinion you can look at that and you can look at the dark um, themes that are associated with it and you can pretty honestly say again in my opinion that this is a dark fic and she has a bunch of fics like that for instance she has the prize you know, which is literally about slavery. Oh, no, the prize is very, the prize is dark dressed up as smut and that's why people confuse it. But yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's definitely a darker fic. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's just very much like people have this one view of what dark fic is and it's harmful to the fandom as a whole. 
in my opinion, because people are like dark fic. Oh, that's bad. I don't, I don't want to think about my favorite character dying. So I'm not going to read it or I'm going to shame you or whatever people who give you hate, whatever the mentality they have is. That's fascinating. You bring that up about celestial navigation. Cause I wrote a, a Omega verse fic that is very, very, very built on like, <clears throat> essentially it's, it's handmaid's tale with strippers, which sounds bizarre, but um, I, I, I think of it as a dark fic and absolutely nobody else has <laughs> engaged with it as such. Um, so it's fascinating. I think it's a really good point to remember that, I mean, all of our fandom terms, your mileage may vary in what you read. I think anyone who listens to the pod will hear that in me and Ferret's constant discussions of trope off and how I interpret a trope and how she interprets a trope. And that meant that I voted one way and she voted another. And it's all, we're, you know, language is so subjective in so many ways in fandom and fandom is no different. And I, but I love that part of y'all's response to, well, you know, there's not a lot of it or it's maligned was to create the, the, what is, you know, now a, an ongoing server for ongoing events and also just dark discussion, but originally like a specifically dark fic exchange at Christmas, which I loved. I love talking about sad things at Christmas. Um, because I love bringing out that side of the holidays. So has the, like, did the event accomplish what you guys wanted it to accomplish, I guess, from a mod perspective? And then can you, can one of you talk me through the decision to keep it on as a server and to run more events? And if you think um, that it's, that's successful so far? I can answer that for you. So a little bit of background is we're, a, we have a group of friends who who like dark fic I guess we all flock together right and we had done a kinktober back in 2020 so 31 days of kink plus dark fic so a darker interpretation of kink and mainly the goal was to write more dark fic for Steve and Tony or I think there were also a little bit of Staconian Winter Iron in that collection. And we accomplished that. So 31 more dark fics for our favorite pairings in MCU Marvel. And then we also wondered about, well, should we do something like this for Christmas? And we basically said, we're just gonna be writing for each other. How are we gonna manage this exchange and who's going to be managing it if, again, we're just, we're, we're all gonna know who wrote what for each other so then we came up with the idea of um saying like maybe we should run an event or a little mini fest specifically for christmas so we got that going and it's the sad secret santa as you had mentioned flame and we ended up making a server for it he was such a great mod for helping adjust and create the server server and also um Vic and Temper also the mods for that so we ended up running the event and again the goal was really just to have more dark fic for Steve and Tony and I do think that it was successful it seems like everybody had fun it was our first event so you know we're still working out all the nuts and bolts but I think it was also encouraging that, hey, there's actually interest in, in doing dark fic and why not have a community 
where people can discuss their and brainstorm their ideas and get feedback from it. So the server has been evolving. As mentioned, it was originally supposed to be for events, but now it's also just a place to discuss dark fic in general. So um, right now we're currently running a bingo, so a dark Steve Tony bingo. And again, as mentioned, the hope really is just to get more dark fics um, and see other people's interpretation of the prompts because I mentioned flame language is so different and it's a matter of perspective, right? So it's really interesting to see how people are taking prompts such as um, Dubcon, Hydra Cap, or there would, we also have a card that's a trope inversion. So we had classic tropes like marriage. Um, I can't think of the other ones, but do you remember Tree, what some of the other squares were? Yeah, I have the open. I have it open. Oh, okay. So just a few. Um, we have like gardening, only one bed, coffee shop, AU. Um, we have some, some even on here. Just a few of them. Yeah. And the goal is to interpret and subvert those tropes and, and see how, how, how people's mind works when they think of such popular phrases. So in the future, we're hoping to host again the Sad Secret Santa and other events. And we'll make sure to have a link to that in the show notes. Obviously, guys, for anyone listening to this, I can say as a um, toe dipper into this world that it's a very welcoming server and the events are, are great and very easy to bring a lot of interpretations to. Um, and the, the Sad Secret Santa was very careful as well. I'll say they very much respected my boundaries in the exchange of, I don't write MCD, I don't write torture, I'm not gonna write Hydra Cap. Like I, that's just not where I find my joy and I'm just not gonna do it. And they matched me with somebody who didn't want those things. And it was, it was very, I never felt like I had to be quote unquote darker than I was. Uh, I never felt like I had to apologize for my lean in the dark thing, which is really just more grounded angst with a happily ever after is really how I write, how I write dark fic. And uh, so if you're listening to this and a lot of what Hippo and Tree have just said has really resonated with you and you'd like to talk about it a little bit more or experiment a little bit, um, whenever you're listening to this, whether the bingo is going on or not, that server is full of people who will help you prompt, who will help you play and, and kind of figure things out and maybe help you brainstorm some tags. Um, give you some recommendations for things. It's a really good place place to start. And if you're um, obviously like MCU is uh, wide and varied and there's a lot darker stuff in comics. So uh, getting to know the 616 canon also might not be the worst idea if you are somebody who likes the more grounded reality side uh, of fic. So like I said, we'll make sure to have that in the show notes, whatever event they're running at the time. Hippo and Tree, is there anything else that you guys would like to say before we uh, say goodbye here about Darkfic or about the server? Um, let's see. I did want to mention, I guess, talking about like what is Darkfic and everything. I just want to mention that like you can have a happy ending or like what you consider to be a happy ending because we say happy endings are relative on our server and it's 100% true. Just because, you know, you could have something that makes you happy or you could have like 
Tony absolutely miserable in his relationship, but it's from Steve's POV and Steve is really happy with it. And you know that it's an abusive relationship and this isn't actually, this is very toxic and this isn't happy for Tony, but it's happy for Steve, you know? So happy endings are relative for that. And I also wanted to mention that like, for people who are trying to think more about dark fic, and getting into it please join our server like like you said flame we are super super accommodating we're really our purpose is just to get more people to write and read and enjoy dark fic because it's something that we really enjoy reading and it's something that we love and we just want to give our version of happiness to other people and let them see what makes us happy. And maybe if we're lucky, that will resonate with them as well. We're not going to force anybody to read something. We're not going to force anyone to write something if they're not into it. You know, everybody has their limits and that's 100% fine. So we're not going to do that. If people just want to come in and lurk around the server, say like, oh, okay, maybe this sounds okay, or I just want to read. I don't want to comment or anything. That's totally fine. And last thing I wanted to say before I'll let Hippo say whatever she does. Um, with the way that dark fic is misinterpreted, I would like people, if they wouldn't mind, to just think about pop culture and think about, for instance, horror movies. Horror movies are dark but they're widely popular. And that's a great way to think of dark fic and what dark fic could be. It's just like the end all of what dark fic is, is it's just a different interpretation of characters that you love and making it so that you're happy with it. And even if your char characters aren't happy with it, you're happy with it, which really i guess it's backwards because we want you to cry while reading it but we want you to be happy but that's how that's how i personally view dark fic and how i view the server and i have been nicknamed trees ramblings for a reason because i am definitely a rambler so hippo you can go ahead <laughs> <laughs> i like that you mentioned a uh, film i recently watched promising young woman and i would classify that as a dark film though there's no explicit gore it, it deals with sexual violence and I'm not gonna do spoilers but it's a very very satisfying film because of the weight and reality of the way they handled the topic so I recommend that um just but there are so many films that maybe may not be classified as dark, I think, but it really depends on like the themes that's being argued throughout. Um, so in regards to happy happiness and um, happy endings being relative, I actually have a bunch of recommendations. I know, I know I sent you some recommendations already, Flame, but specifically about the interpretation of happy ending, I know um, Deer versus Headlights wrote like Thread Through a Needle, and it was written for the Sad Secret Santa, specifically for Jellybean Forest. And 
highly recommend this. Um, there's the question of the ending there and whether that's happy in regards to who. I think nobody's bloody princess's ultimate awesome, great, brilliant fanfic, um, Coming Up Roses, also interprets the meaning of happy ending. I highly recommend that as well because like, there's questions of Stockholm Syndrome and Dark Steve Rogers in that fic. Um, and, and there's a bunch of others I, I can't really think from the top of my head, but um, there's a whole list on our Tumblr where we're trying to build up our Tumblr. So Steve Tony darkfest.tumblr.com. We also do, we're going to be doing monthly recs for dark fake. So please follow us if, if you're interested. And that's all I have. Amazing. Well, thank you both so much for being with us. Anyone who wants to engage in this further, I know that both Hippo and Tree can talk about Darkfic forever. So definitely make sure to join the server and hit them up for more questions and conversations around this. And uh, thanks again. And we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll be, we'll be chatting Darkfic again soon. Thanks everybody. All right, hey podcast Landia. I am here today with Kiar to talk about dark fic. I want to let you guys know that just like some previous episodes, I am at my family's shore house. So if you hear seagulls and or wind chimes, that is why there's only so much sound control I can do in this particular quote unquote recording studio, but I know you will give me and uh, Key is sadly not physically with me. So she will not be having seagulls on her end of the chatter, um, but I might on mine and I can't prevent it. So I'm very, very sorry, but Key, thank you so much for joining us. You're so welcome. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so glad. So let's start off the way we start with everybody. Tell me your fandom origin story. All right. So, um... I started reading fan fiction at the tender young age of like nine. It was like a GeoCities time. It was a fanfiction.net time. I was an absolute fucking lurker. Like I did not interact. I was very aware. I was, I was, I sort of grew up in a very cloistered home. So the internet was my refuge. That was what I had. That was what I had to keep me going. I read everything. I read everything I could possibly read. Um, so I think I started out in like, uh, X-Files fandom around, oh, I don't know, like 2001. And I read a lot of shit that I probably should not have read at that age. And um, I transitioned, I bounced around, you know, I read a little bit of everything, but like nothing really, nothing really hit me um, quite the same way until my girlfriend in college gave me this Iron Man omnibus. And um, I read it one summer and then I was I was lost. I was, I was absolutely <laughs> lost. There was no coming back. Um, so that yeah, is the way the I got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I spent all summer reading Iron Man comics and I think it was Fractions Run during that time, which is not mm -hmm. widely celebrated amongst us comics fans. Uh, but it was what I had and I was so excited. Um, I'm just very excited. Like, so that was when I, I would say that my transition into Marvel was when I became like actively fanish. Okay. Not that, not to say that um, lurkers are not fanish, but like uh, I wasn't, so all I was doing was like consuming content, which is a vital part of fandom, but 
I was I was writing fan fiction, but I wasn't sharing it with anybody. So like through my teenage years. So Marvel was like, okay, I have something to say about this. It needs to come out of my body. And I wrote a bunch of fanfic for like a kink meme, I guess, because we had those. We still had live journal in the Marvel days. Um, and I posted some kink meme pills and then people started to read them, which I did not expect. <laughs> As somebody who loves your writing, I'm not surprised, but I also know none of us understand our own writing. So I'm also not surprised that you were surprised, if that makes sense. It um, does. So it, has it always been stony then? It was that, or were there other comic ships that you were writing? Uh, since then I've developed a variety. I am not like a, I'm not like a Steve Tony only shipper now that I've read the comics. Like I can see, I incorporate other ships into my Steve Tony writing. I accept that they're both people who have had a long and storied past with multiple partners and I like to I that's a thing that I like to actually feature in my fix because mm -hmm. I don't really like I don't I don't like the um uh do you um, like to, so you like to talk about the fact that they are holistic full people and yes. not just that their whole lives exist like I mean Ferret and I joke all the time that Ferret only wants to read stories about Steve and Tony and I like to write their wild you know, wide world. And so you're more on the me end of the spectrum than the ferret end of the spectrum. Yes, definitely. So like Tony's had all these partners, Steve has had all these partners. And because I am an angst writer, like first and foremost, tension between current and past romantic partners really feeds well into that. And because comics canon is obviously like a fucking monster, there's too much of it. There's so much of it. There's always something to grab from to make somebody sad, usually Tony. <laughs> <laughs> there's always someone something to grab to make someone sad should be a comics tagline because that's amazing i mean yeah we've <laughs> talked like you and i've talked you know in discord for the entire time we've known each other now about how much comics scare me because i never know where to start and i never know what to do but i want to go back to the fact you just said i'm an angst writer so i think of you as a dark fic writer which may or may not be um kind to you or may or not may not be something you love because in my brain I got the dark fic that I read for a long time I would not go past you or or sign you were the oh. only writers I trusted um no I'm flattered I take that as a high compliment take it as a compliment okay so is there for you a difference between being an angst writer and a dark fic writer I think there is overlap um they're definitely distinct I would say that all I would say that all to most dark fic is angst but not all angst is dark fic like um there are certain there are certain in the same in a similar way that uh i would also say most dark fic is all dark fic is horror too but not all horror is dark fic ooh. um okay ooh. so i like that give me your working definition of dark fic then so i've come up with i come i came up with a formula because it's really hard to look at a fic it's it's really hard to ask the question like what is dark fic and give a concrete answer three people are going to give you three totally different answers and like that is a function of fandom but also because it can be so many things and there are also things that it is not so then there's like this very narrow window where i feel like dark fic lives so there are content there are certain content elements that generally indicate that something can go in a dark fic direction um like I would say, you know it when you see it. Mm -hmm. um, so the content things that I identified, um, tendency towards angst, wump, as in the bodily harming of a human. Um, so like torture, uh, body horror is often one of these elements. Um, 
explore like detailed drawn out explorations of grief can be in that too it doesn't always just have to be like a wump fic it can be like there's definitely a psychological landscape that is very specific to dark fic in a way that is not necessarily to angst because angst also i would say encompasses hurt comfort which is definitely not dark fic in my mind some okay. people may argue with me on that but it's i like there's definitely like a line where dark fic stops being dark fic and then veers into her comfort for me. Okay. Um, okay so we have the content. Uh, also, I would say that dark fic can often explore um, a perpetrator's point of view in a way that a uh, regular angst fic is maybe afraid to do yeah. um, or that you don't see as often in hurt comfort. Or um, even I would say that there is a perpetrator because in hurt yes. comfort and in angst, usually it's a mutual misunderstanding. It's humans being humans. There's not a perpetration aspect with right. it. So that would even that would even tip it into dark fic then. Right. There can be in hurt comfort, but you know that there is an expectation of resolve and resolve yeah. in a way that does not feel emotionally devastating in hurt comfort. So that is one of the elements that I would say makes a dark fic a dark fic is not only the delivery of like how you're presenting these these themes but then how do you feel after you read the fic do you mm -hmm. feel like emotionally fucking devastated do you feel like you can't stop thinking about it and you are disturbed by it in a visceral way for the entirety of your bus ride or your commute if so you may have read dark fic <laughs> There, that's well, for those of us who are dead inside like me and are not emotionally affected by <laughs> by fix um I would say the thinking about is is the the thing I can't get out of my head for sure. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up because I was also thinking of like uh, so another element of this equation for me. So it's content and then like the outcome, but there's also the delivery of it. Mm. So I feel like something endemic to dark fic is a really up close zoomed in exploration of the psyche of whoever your point of view character is right okay. and this can bring you this can bring you sort of an immediacy that you wouldn't get with like a more casual angst fic and it uh it doesn't have to be an immediacy though because you know as you said some of us are dead inside yeah. so some of the best dark fics i've read also do a really really effective job of distancing you from the narrative and like sort of drawing you into a dissociative state via okay. the narrative so um and all of this is just leading to trauma, <laughs> like a deep dive into trauma, um, I think ultimately separates uh, just angst, just angst, it, not to say that it's less, not to say that just angst is lesser, just that that's how I'm distinguishing it from, um, I think, I think dark fic is more hardcore on a spectrum. Yeah, it's the extreme of everything. So it's the extreme right. of horror, it's the extreme of body horror, it's the extreme of of all that. Because I think like the emotional devastation for those of us who are not dead inside, I think in a certain level, what dark fic is is these are the things you can't come back from. Like yeah, I would argue yes, come yes, back from this level of angst. Exactly. So like in dark fic for me, the protagonists or protag the protagonist or protagonists lose something of themselves like fundamentally or they are broken or they are altered or they are transformed in a way that they cannot in, in which they cannot then revert to their original state in any way like nothing nothing that happens beyond this point in their life is ever going to put them back where they were before the story happens again i'm just describing trauma 
Yeah, I was about to say that's it's it's interesting because I was talking to a friend of mine, um, friend of the pod, Alex Jameson, about the the fix that I've written that I would classify as dark fic, and she said there's no way in hell that you've written dark fic because and and I named the fix, and she said no 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 because you still bring people back from them, like there's still she's like you may have written like hurt comfort wump and like really intense, and she goes but the whole point of dark and she's like and you've written horror. Yes. but you can still bring people back from those brinks and so the bringing people back i stole directly from her um without any shame because that's what friendship is just stealing from each other constantly and uh occasionally giving credit truly but um i think that's really that idea of a fundamental change i write a lot about fundamental change and i think a lot of people that write real life especially like longer fix where we're like digging into something we do something with change. I mean, you have to, it's the narrative structure of a story. Something has to change, but there's a difference between Bucky becoming a different version of himself because Tony loves him and that arc change to Bucky has been dramatically traumatized because he was kept in a hole for six weeks. And the Bucky that was the Bucky at the beginning of the story and the Bucky at the end are different people, regardless of his relationship with Tony. Yes. Even if he has the best relationship with Tony, if he's in a dark fic, he's going to experience something that will possibly break their relationship, but will absolutely fundamentally alter the dynamics of it, despite the best interest, despite how emotionally capable both of them are. Right. You know? um, yeah. So that's how I think of it. I like that a lot. So what, what draws you to creating in this space, particularly? In the dark fic space, as yeah. opposed to like any other genre I could be writing? Yeah, I guess. Like, I mean, because again, like for me, the resolution is an important part of, of writing. And so that's why even when I do lean towards hurt comfort, I have to have a very particular positive-ish resolution. I don't share that with a lot of other, like that's not a, a, a mandatory thing for other people who create. So as you're creating, why does this fundamental change of human draw you? Um, there's a bunch of reasons, I, but I can, the thing that comes to mind is um, I can draw a straight line from that scene of Han Solo in the chair from The Empire Strikes Back to me writing dark fic. Let me explain. Please, because um, I can't go there with you just right now. So take <laughs> I write dark fic. I write dark fic because my id wants it. And okay. I write dark, and my id wants it, I think, because I look at that scene of Han Solo and I think, but what if I could go further with it? What if I could totally fuck him up all the way? Because uh, I've watched a lot of shows. So I also made a foray through like Buffy Angel fandom and uh, Supernatural did. fandom and now I'm sort of in Witcher fandom I read a lot in that um so fandoms that have these really intense bodily harm situations always make me go okay but they're not exploring that to its fullest this is especially true of like live action things people experience traumas like really intense trauma and then a, an episodic show does not have the capability to like process that trauma in a way that will hook a viewer or that will interest a viewer. And most showrunners, I don't think, have like 
the language to talk about it so it doesn't happen so like in Buffy people experience these huge traumas and then like it's brushed past right it's wiped over and that has irked me from a very young age so I look at Han Solo in the chair and I'm like okay but what if he like cried about it in Leia's arms later like what is he feeling what is he thinking about why don't we get to see that part and I think the reason that happened to me is because I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of media as a kid. Like I wasn't allowed, to, I was not allowed to engage in the things I wanted to. So when you tell somebody they can't do something, they do it more and harder and more intensely. And they oh, look it right in the face. Usually. So yeah. very common human tendency. Yeah. So there is something very inherently taboo about dark fic even though like we're talking about it openly on a podcast right now, I do feel like in fandom, it is still sort of like a thing that gets pushed into a corner. Mm. Um, I think dark storylines in general, I th- well, this is changing, obviously. I mean, the landscape of media is always changing, but I do think that people shy away from like really delving into how fucked up trauma can make you. And I don't like that. Um, I've had personal experiences of trauma. So part of me being drawn to this is looking it in the face, like going all the way, like looking at the thing I'm writing about and really like looking at what that would be like for characters, because it doesn't seem right to me to address it in only a cursory fashion. I feel like it demands, I feel like it demands delving into like a deep dive So that's part of the reason why it's hard for me to just include something like really dark and then, you know, whisk it away with healing cock or gentle kisses or like a long bubble bath in my fic. I understand that that's a use uh, for a lot of people that's like can be a really useful fantasy and a really useful way of engaging with this stuff. But that's not for me. I want to hear people talk about it because I don't see them talking about it in real life. Fascinating. I that makes a lot of sense. And I think that I, I, that connects in my brain where one of the reasons where I like to do the talking, but then I also like to do the bubble baths is because in my particular life, I do see a lot of conversation about trauma. And so I've rehearsed that with a lot of people. What I haven't seen as much is the putting people's lives back together. Right. And that's just that's totally valid. Like because of my work that like you are now helping as we're talking, you're helping me understand why I struggle to write anything dark that isn't also hurt comfort like it's i like i can't go all the way because i do it too often daily that's fair and so that makes sense to why like for because i don't lean in i don't write like super super de duper saccharine fluffer nutter over maybe two thousand words like ever like i have to inject just for me and how i create there's, oh, I have short fix out there that will give you diabetes 100%. But if I'm going to do anything long, I have to inject some level of conflict and or trauma. Right. I but totally understand that. I can't go. I can't go there. And I've been wondering why since I started trying to write dark fic at Christmas and I've been trying to figure out why. And you just like, you gave me some language to understand why for me, part of the fantasy has to be, okay, what next? Good. I'm what glad I could do that for you. Yeah. So thank you for that. And thank you for everyone who just indulged me in listening to that. Um, 
but I love that for you as well. And you nailed the head, like for some people, the fantasy is that bubble bath. And we've talked about on this podcast. And, and then I think everyone who talks in fandom talks to each other about the fact that fandom is fantasy. The porn is fantasy. The relationship yeah. dynamics are fantasy. Transformative work in and of itself is a fantasy of a reality you've been presented with that you find inadequate in some way. Right. Also with dark fic, it's particularly fascinating because it deals like often there is a lot of sexual trauma involved. Like I, mm. I noted, like when I listed all my content qualifiers of what makes a dark fic a dark fic, I, like a lot of it is porny because fan fiction and writing and fiction are spaces that you control. You, the writer, control it. So it is a way to delve deeply into topics that you cannot delve into in other areas of your life or other spheres. Mm -hmm. And you can do it in a way that you control, which is like a huge part of healing from trauma. You know, it's, it's, it's control. It's like, how do I want to, how do I want to look at this? Do I want to look at it? Do I want to lay it all out on the table in front of me? Or do I want to allude to it and write a bubble bath instead? All of these methods are valid. Yeah. And I, that's, it's so important to say that. And I, I've been bugged since rejoining fandom. So the other fandoms that I've been in dark fic were not necessarily a conversation as much because like I was in West Wing and in, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like, it was there in Harry Potter, but the era of Harry Potter that I was in, I was really active in Harry Potter while canon was still happening. And so right. like, canon was dark enough. <laughs> so like you didn't, like we didn't, I've read some much, much darker dreary stuff since, but when I was creating in it, it, that just wasn't the vibe in general at the time. And uh, yeah, like Dawson's Creek, we didn't really do dark fic. Like, so the, my first really interactions with dark fic have been Marvel. Right. It's absolutely fandom dependent too, because yeah. it's like, I have a metric. It's, it's like, what is the angst potential for this fandom? And I look at the source material. Like if you're having like, it's like, how likely is it that I'm going to be able to find dark fic? Because that's what I like to read. So sure. sometimes I like won't get involved in a fandom if it's like, I don't know, do South. Like, where am I going to find the dark fic for do South? Totally I'm sure fair. some of it's out there, but like, that's Whereas, probably like, not the I, bulk of it. Yeah. Like I can't find the good fluff at all for Witcher. Like I only- Right, right. Actually, I do have probably Rex for you later. So probably we'll yeah. talk. Yeah. And for dark, dark, angsty stuff, like I love Game of Thrones for that. So yeah. Yeah. Because oh my God, those poor people. Those poor, poor, <laughs> poor, poor people. Um, but yeah, like I love check please and I love writing and reading in check please. There's there is angst in that for sure, because of because there's always angst in college experiences, but there's yeah. not angst um as much i'm sure it exists i have not sought it out i want biddy and jack to be happy so it's uh, i just always want them to be they deserve pie they want they deserve so much pie um and i love adding parson to it too so um because i'm a little poly shipper at heart (laughs) always just more dicks why not just add more um just more dicks so in terms of somebody who is looking so what i was trying to what i was saying about all that at the beginning is i've been bothered that it's so maligned for so long because to me it is just judging people's experiences with trauma and and judging their interactions with trauma in a way that none of us have a right to do which really pisses me off um if you don't 
if you it's different than in romance where it still bothers me that we're publishing rape fantasies in romance it does because of the commercial aspect of what can make money and what we're propagating and putting out there if fandom the point can be therapeutic in a yes. way that i think commercial fiction has a different level of responsibility regarding regarding that i agree i have seen commercial dark fic and it is um it is not the same that's what okay. i'll say um i read this book that was recently marketed uh like in mainstream sff sci-fi fantasy circles right um it's called docile okay. it is slave fic but it is trad pub it is traditionally published and it is not the kind of dark fic that you can get on AO3. It is significantly less intense. It deals with sexual trauma, but is sort of sad. It is sort of um, sanitized. Okay. And generally, I felt. Every, here's the thing. I bring this up because all of the reviews I read and all of like the Twitter reactions to people reacting to this book's release in real time were like, "Oh my god." Like this is visionary. Like this is so dark. Holy shit! And I read it, and I was like, I have read darker things over breakfast. Yeah, like sixty times over. So it's very, um, it's interesting what the mainstream thinks is dark, and then dark fic, and then what fandom thinks is dark, and then beyond that, dark fic in a league of its own. I would say. Um, yeah, because the difference too i'll say is once you get into traditional publication there's probably 30 to 40 people that have a say in what the story is before it actually gets published yes and so it's not a personal exploration of trauma anymore no matter how like i've written memoir chapters that were really really raw sent them to publishers and have had them massacred and what exactly. actually traditionally published doesn't sound like me at all and versus if I just threw it on my blog or turned it into an AO3 story, it's going to be much more therapeutic to me and is much more therapeutic to me than anything traditionally published. Exactly. So I brought this up because you mentioned a uh, wider responsibility when you have a larger, uh, like more official platform like trad, like trad pub. And the effect is markedly different um, was the point I wanted to make. This book has been sort of widely criticized in similar ways that I have seen dark fanfic criticized, but they are fundamentally different because fandom is like an underground space predominantly populated by queer people and female identifying people. The stats, I believe, still agree on this in the year yeah. 2021. About 80%. Um, yes. So the person who wrote this book is queer. Um, I believe that I believe that he's trans. Uh, I'd have to like I believe he's openly trans um, would have to check on that but it is it is notable to me that the reception in a public space is like very aggressive and there's also something different from my perspective too about asking somebody to spend money to consume a work and asking somebody to spend time and that's right a different alchemy in how we can tell the stories and how we can, I do think that there is a level even within fandom for responsibility and telling your fic, which is why we talk about tags so much. Like yes. it's why we have the conversation about tags. It's why, and like, I would love it if romance novels would put tags on the back of their, of their fix, but they don't. And so that is another reason 
that reason. And then as I'm talking, the other thing is that fandom is a, is generally a conversation. It's been it is. ongoing forever. We react to each other's fix. I am a different writer because I've read some of your 616 work. It even affects my MCU work. Like I am a different writer because of how Ferret writes Tony and how, like I was actually just reading a Tisfin work the other day. And that is absolutely going to inform how I'm writing the current winter iron I'm working on. We are in conversation with each other in a way that traditional publication is actually like the structures prevent it from being in conversation with other artists. Yes. Well said. And that is why I think, why it bugs me that dark fic is maligned in fandom spaces where this can be a conversation. And it's a necessary conversation. And a necessary because a lot of us are walking around. Well, first of all, every human being is walking around like a bucket of trauma. Right. But, but you're more likely to run over like six yeah. traumatized people in fandom. Yes. I think than you are like just because of the demographics like alone makes us more predisposed to, you know, have had an experience like that. So I think it's really, really important to like not malign dark fic yeah no I completely <laughs> I mean it's a really valid tool and you can't tell people what they can and can't write mm-hmm. for free in their own time in fandom yeah um and, and also right also like the back button's right there that's right the thing there. god bless that's it. the thing right there <laughs> um so when we malign dark fic, you're running over the experience of survivors. And I also think it's important to note that like everybody does not have the same needs in their creation and consumption of fan works. And that's not a conversation I see a lot of people having and I wanna have it more um, because a lot of people complain about dark fic and they're like, oh, this is so harmful to survivors, like whatever, this is perpetuating x y and z bad things like it shouldn't exist in the world like a a lot of the arguments i see in fandom especially like younger segments of fandom these days which i don't think is a coincidence um is that if it hurts one person it shouldn't be allowed to exist at all and which totally ignores the idea of competing needs um for traumatized and neurodivergent people who are working out their shit in their fanfic um so we have to be Teal- able to hold trauma and not compare it to other people. And yes. trauma is not something that is comparable externally. It's only comparable internally. You can only understand your own trauma as how it interrupted your life and interrupted your personal life cycle and how yes. trauma that interrupted, how trauma interrupted the life cycle of the person you're talking to, not how their trauma, how you judge their trauma. And this is very very clear to me, even with the hurt, comfort, twilight, not quite dark fic that I've written, the judgments that I got in the comment section were so clearly reading their own lives entirely into the fic and the conclusions based from their life into the fic. Valid. That's what the back button is for. It is not (laughs) for me to have to hold your interpretation of the trauma I put on the page. Exactly. That's very well said. Um, I've had similar experiences. I've gotten harassment, not so much recently, but a lot in the past Mm. um, for things I've written in fandom, like people coming into my DMs and being like, 
this isn't feminist kill yourself uh why do you write this have you tried reading audra lord (laughs) Uh, (laughs) the real message i got one time oh my god have you tried reading audra (laughs) sure okay sure i have in fact i've read a great many of her uh essays but it doesn't matter and it's not germane to the fan content i create um and my creations are not threatening you and if you think they are you need to back the fuck up and you you need to let it you need to give fandom this is like fan this is beginning to become fandom wide uh not just about dark fic but like about anything one person finds objectionable Mm -hmm. it's like well if I, i don't like this it shouldn't be allowed to exist well you're gonna have to reevaluate that I have terrible, terrible news for you about the world. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, But like harassment is alive and well. And I feel like dark fic writers get it more. That's where I was going with that. I mean, statistically, just in my very, very minor colloquial conversations, I think that's true. When I ask people on the dark fic servers, it also appears to routinely be more personal. Um, yeah. a lot more about calling people's character into question, a lot more about calling, um, have you read Audre Lorde? Sorry, I'm going to be on that for a little while. That's the funniest thing I've heard in a uh, long so time. Um, so glad I could make you laugh. I mean, honestly, honestly, Key, thank you so much. Um, but the I, anyone who has written anything remotely difficult, I think, has gotten something about their personal character. Um, and you know, Saber and Ferret and I talked about it on the first episode of this season that, that a lot of the assumptions that Saber got about her character based on what she wrote in Celestial Navigation and that that has happened frequently for a lot of fandom writers and for a lot of writers full stop, just when you're traditionally published, you have more barriers between you and the people that think that you should go to hell. Right. And, you know, there's less barriers now. Um, and it's, it's something for all of us to hold that if we truly do believe that fandom is a community and a lot of perhaps these folks don't, but they're behaving as to me, the policing, their need to police communicates to me that they believe fandom is a community. And if you really do believe that fandom is a community, if you believe anything's a community, part of that process is allowing people to exist in it that you don't agree with. Yeah, that's true. Also like, Fandom is so into deep character exploration in a way that, you know, the media that we're basing our fan works off of is not. Like, often fandom exists to fill those gaps and to explore those interpersonal connections. And, like, if you can't explore the full spectrum of human interactions, including, not limited to, but, like, including things like violations of consent and infidelity and the messier bits of relationships, like, what is the point? and going at all I feel like it's completely valid it's completely yeah I don't want to read four million stories about people having babies happily if there's not also four million stories about infertility and miscarriage and the pain that comes along with that because the full experience has to exist if we're trying to transform works into into human creations yeah I don't see Right. And if you are a person who has had a really difficult experience, like a miscarriage or like a really intense body experience or like any kind of sexual trauma, where do you see that reflected? 
you're not seeing it in, you know, the mainstream media unless it's, I mean, you're, you're generally not seeing it being written by people like yourself, you know, you're not seeing your experience reflected in maybe the way you think it deserves all the time. Um, so like fandom is a breathing space for that. And I think it needs to keep being that. I love that phrase. Fandom is a breathing space. That's, that's great. I really, really love that. Cause I think that's really true. Um, I think that's a beautiful place to pause this conversation because I don't think we can get more eloquent than that. So what I would love to know is if you've got recs for folks about um, fix that you believe everybody should read. Um, I do. I have a few. I brought my dark fic recs. Um, so some of these are just authors and I feel like you should just go check out like their entire discography. Um, but I do have specific ones. I would say I would definitely make everybody read um this is my personal favorite because this was a present for me um i would make everybody read uh Sineala's all-time low which is fucking wretched go love yourself and read it um <laughs> it's innately traumatizing go demonstrate your self-love by traumatizing yourself via steven tony you're welcome yeah um i would <laughs> And there's a lot of spinoffs, like people have done remixes and things of that. So it's also an incredible thing. That. Yeah. It's my favorite. Dark um, there is a recent one featuring Superior Iron Man that I really loved and is called A Borrowed Body by Dirigible Plumbing. Um, it's Steve's point of view. It's very meditative and dismal and lovely. So you should go read that. I would recommend literally anything by Romanoff. Um, I don't think they're as active in the fandom right now, but there's like tons and tons of their stuff on AO3. Um, there's a comic I really, I return to often and it's called Almost Almost Perfect by One and Five Nines. It is a Steve Tony work. Um, read all of the tags for all of these, obviously, as we are in dark fic territory, uh, love yourself. I would also recommend literally anything by the Gray Tigress. Um, her work tends to do. Her work is like almost exclusively dark fic and tends to deal with. Uh, it's it's MCU pretty much exclusively, and it's a lot of Steve Tony, but um, deals with a lot of body horror, lots of torture, lots of really really messy recovery stuff, um, which I love. And uh, that's what I got for Rex. Yeah. Well, they will be linked in the show notes, just like everything. Gray Tigress has unfortunately removed herself from AO3, but there's lots of people around fandom that have their works and they were clear when they left fandom that they were okay with us still sharing their works. They just wanted them off AO3. So through methods, as we would say, you can find folks um, who have them. And I would agree with Key that they're worth, they're worth checking out. Um, if you've got recs for us, um, obviously I'm gonna, we'll throw more recs in the show notes if you've got them. Um, and come join us. If you're listening to this as always, and you've got some thoughts, hop into either the server as you're listening to this or on Tumblr or Twitter or anywhere, but honestly, hop into the server and let's talk some dark fic and um, see where you agree and or disagree with me and Key and how we've had this conversation because we love to talk about fandom. Key, a joy as always. 
Thank you. I've been, this has been so good. I'm so happy. (laughs) It's been one of my favorite things about this podcast is that I get this privilege of having these conversations every week. Um, And most of you who I talk to don't get it. And the common thing is, oh my God, it's so nice to say these words out loud. It really is. It's very freeing. I love creating this space for folks to do that. Uh, So happy to do that. Everybody else, we'll see you in the next segment. Okay, Ferret, time for everyone's favorite segment, or at least just mine, Trope Off. What is going on with the brackets? Well, it was arranged marriage versus fix it. And I'm curious who you think won. That's actually really hard. I think the vibe in fandom right now would mean that arranged marriage would win. Really? Even post-endgame desire to, to fix things? I just feel like as the stuff I'm looking at... And seeing come across the feeds, it's like we're trying to reclaim 2012 more than fix Endgame. The vibe I've gotten from the AO3 feeds. Well, uh, it was a trick question. You would have been wrong and right no matter what. Because we had, for the second time in Trope Off history, a 50-50 tie. Oh my gosh, that makes sense to me. That That makes sense to me. So it actually messes things up a bit and I'm going to have to do a little bit of finagling to figure out who should take the, the spot in the winner's bracket. But I don't want to explain it too much because if I reveal too much of how I organize things, people might be able to game the system, but I'm going to have to add in an extra competition. Uh, basically, I can't just put them up against each other again because they're likely just to tie again, um, but they will do some other <clears throat> face-offs. And uh, that'll let me know how, how things should move on. But uh, yeah, yeah, I was, I, I was surprised to be honest. I think it, I think it rare that with the number of people who are voting in these things, it seems it's, 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 yeah, I'm surprised. I'm like nearly speechless. I don't know what to say about that. 50, 50, half of everybody loves arranged marriage and half of everybody loves fix it. So I guess the perfect fic is both of them combined. Again, we talked about how that would be challenging because fix it's fairly canon and arranged marriage is fairly not. But uh, I challenge I challenge you all, do it. Yeah, and this would be one of those times where you have a me definition of canon, where canon adjacent means like hand wavy canon. <laughs> it could be a fix it for some very specific parts of fandom and a full ignoring of some other parts of canon. <laughs> Correct. Like I could very easily fix Endgame with an arranged marriage. That would also involve time travel and the Pym particle. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, That would, I would have a ton of fun with that. Also, I will say my current fix it strategy. If I get a fix it in an exchange anytime soon, I'm just going to let everyone know my answer to fix it is now the multiverse. Totally valid. They're just putting that out there. If you're looking for multiverse fixits, I'm your flame. If you are looking for me to fix within canon, I will direct you to another writer because my answer now is just throw some multiverse at it. I'm into it. So then in the week in the middle, we had breakup and makeup versus wrong number slash texting AU. Oh, wow. Those are both pretty niche. 
who did you vote for? Oh, I went wrong number texting. Oh, well, you went with the majority then because it took it with 61%. Yeah, I'm just pickier about how people handle breaking up and making up. Like, I'm just real picky. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where I love it as a trope, love, love, love it as a trope, but it is so incredibly hard to give the characters a valid reason to break up that doesn't make you roll your eyes. Like, oh my God, why did they break up over something that dumb? But then also isn't so bad that they couldn't get back together reasonably. (laughs) Towing that line is so hard. So I get why A, it's not done as much as I would like it to see it done. And also why sometimes it's hard to pull off. I mean, I love a second chance romance. It's soulmate and I, it's our favorite Hallmark movie trope. Mm -hmm. Um, But my favorite way that that works is like high school sweethearts or college my favorite breakup and makeup is that life made them break up yeah yeah like it was like oh I'm gonna move to the east coast and you're gonna move to the west coast and long distance is too hard or whatever and long distance is too hard or we're too young or whatever I occasionally like the one where occasionally it has to be well executed where one of them lies to the other one that like they don't like you know they keep something from them or something but they were young enough and now they're old enough that you can do that kind of time of like, I understand at 20, you thought that was a good idea. We are 35 now and let's build something new. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's like the Sweet Home Alabama premise, like like that kind of second chance I love. Yeah, like um, growing up actually makes you more compatible for each other. Yeah, exactly. But that's why I voted, I will read any wrong number texting fic because it never actually it is the like an ultimate fantasy for me like these never actually work out yeah yeah no so I have no rules for what I want them to look like because they never actually happen yeah that's a great point actually it's like this is total fantasy so just go hog wild it's hard to make one unbelievable like I think the only thing that that might like make you go oh is like if someone's way too careless with their like internet safety because it's all been drilled into us to be careful with people and I'm always like maybe you shouldn't meet a stranger but like even then I'm thinking about ones I've written where I didn't even think about that so it's only in this uh, harsh light of day that I'm able to worry about that kind of thing in the moment I'm like oh yeah totally go go meet him at the hotel that's fine that's <laughs> totally normal all. people do that all the time yeah <laughs> my like yeah, grade it's... nine high school teacher's voice in the back of my head like don't meet a stranger you met on the internet yeah I just have a lot of fun when I read them and I wrote a Sam Bucky one recently where like my whole premise was that Bucky memorized Steve's phone number which doesn't happen anymore and (laughs) dialed one digit off and got Sam oh yeah the number of things that have to actually happen in real life for that to happen I had no desire to address in a 1000 word fic right so I just created this reality in which that would happen by the way that would probably never happen like (laughs) Well, I guess the voters reflected that because, um, yeah, wrong number texting AU took a pretty hearty majority at 61 to 39 for breakup and makeup. And I think the lovers of breakup and makeup are the people who are also as into hurt comfort as I am, perhaps, or some of those other um, sad start, happy ending kind of thing. So it's very much my vibe, but I will also click on any wrong number AU, so... 
I love them both. Another day when I'm glad I don't have to vote. And so now we have finished the second round of the winner's bracket and we're moving into the loser's bracket for a little while to pit some losers against each other. Always fun. And next time up, we have unrequited feelings versus sex pollen. And that is on my Twitter. You can go vote right now. Go, 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 folks. Go, go, go. So I guess we'll talk about it next time, but I'm, 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 don't really have any doubts about which one you're going to vote for, but maybe I'd be wrong. <laughs> no, I'm pretty transparent with this. Sex pollen makes me nervous. So, okay. Okay. Like that, it, not that it's like, not a judgmental thing. Like, I just don't love it as much as I, I mean, unrequ- oh my God. Have any, has, has anyone read anything I've ever written? <laughs> I mean, I just, I have them build log cabins out of pine. Like, yes, unrequited feelings is, yes. Yes. I think we're going to, we possibly this leads to another interesting conversation about whether it counts as unrequited feelings if they are requited by the end of the fic, or if it counts as unrequited feelings if it's perceived to be unrequited, but it turns out it's not. Yeah, we can get into that. Decision everyone needs to make. But I think we'll talk about that next time on the next episode once we see how people vote. Definitely. And if you've got feelings on that, this is your opportunity to tell me I'm wrong. now which one of my favorite things about this is how every time i say well i think this way the people are like the number of people that are like i don't i disagree with flame i'm like cool i like being the outlier we are the weirdo um we could chart all the responses if you have some really strong um like boundaries around what unrequited feelings means we'd love to hear it as we all vote right now. So make sure to drop us a fandom feeling, slide into a DM, um, both in the sexy or non-sexy way, we're open. And <laughs> tell us- we're flexible. We're flexible. Tell us what you think about this unrequited situation. I, obviously you're gonna, everyone knows I'm going to always be okay with everything being resolved before the end of the fic. Yeah. That's I mean, always that's gonna count for me. But today's so, episode was dark fic, so. If y'all are listening and you're in an angsty mood, maybe you're thinking about feelings that aren't ever requited. Aren't ever requited. And that's totally valid. I'd still vote for that over sex pollen. That's just me. So again, that's just me. So so I want to know what you think though about this question that Ferret posed. And also I'd love to know if you love sex pollen, but there are exceptions. Yeah, that might be one of those ones where people have feelings. So go vote, send us your feelings. And if you have any doubled up prompts for any of these combos make sure you comment on my twitter as well so i can see all those glorious ideas because i love them oh my god unrequited feelings and then sex pollen and then you find out that they're they're truly unrequited oh ouch flame oh right in my gut well that's that's topical that's topical Hi fandom, this is Only More Love, and I'm back with your events forecast. This is where I share with you all about what's going on challenge-wise in a Marvel fandom near you. So put on your seatbelt and let's go! The usual note before I start with the current events. You'll be able to find 
everything I mention in this forecast, linked and explained, in the show notes for each episode over on podonthesuit.com. Now that that's out of the way, let's move on to the fun stuff. A couple of fanzines linked their interest checks to Marvel Events Central, a Marvel Halloween charity fanzine, and a general Marvel zine. Both surveys are linked on the blog if you want to fill them out. The Marvel Bang is back for another round. It's open to all ships and has a minimum word count of 10,000 words. The Bang is open for signups until July 1st for authors, with claims starting on September 25th, and posting set from November 14th to December 17th. The mods of the What to Finish auction have announced a mini-auction round to support Asian communities in light of recent events. Sign-ups will open on June 15th, and the rest of the schedule, as well as guidelines and other info, can be found on their blog. Sign-ups for The Star-Spangled Big Bang are open to artists until June 4th, with claims happening on June 11th. Don't miss out! A Stony Tropes bingo is underway. The mod is taking trope suggestions until May 20th, as well as You've been sign listening up requests to Pod on the until suit. Thanks May for joining 20th. us! We are invited to participate even without signing up, as cards will be posted on their blog. The round will go on between June 1st and September 1st. A Steve bingo has appeared, and sign-ups are open until May 16th. Go grab a card! A Stucky Week has been announced well in advance, and will run from July 5th to July 11th, but the prompts are already available on their blog. So please, go check out the prompts as well as the rules so you can prep beforehand. Now that the fourth round of the Tony Stark bingo is over, it's time for another series of Flash Bingos. The first set of cards has been released, and runs until the end of the month. The Bingo Mods are also hosting a server party for Tony's birthday on May 19th. So if you're not already there, grab an invite, and if you are, don't forget to join. The Iron Strange Big Bang is back, and artists can still join until May 17th. Claims will happen from June 28th through July 12th, and posting is set to begin on November 12th. Sign-ups and fills for the following are also still ongoing. Marvel Reverse Bang, Cap I Am Bingo, as well as the Lights on Park Avenue monthly prompts. And that's it for this episode, folks. This has been your events forecast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us. We hope you'll join us again next episode. Until then, be safe and happy shipping. wrap on episode six we hope you didn't miss us too much but thanks again huge thanks again to hippo tree and key for chatting dark fic with me it was such an enlightening episode for me and i really hope it was for y'all as well thanks as well to aluka marie and only for their work and to everyone who votes in trope off for making that whole thing so so much fun please remember to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher so more fandom friends can find us 
And let us know what topics you'd like us to cover as we barrel through season two. We've got ideas, but they're written in pencil. And since this is your fandom podcast, we want to make sure that they're what you want to hear before we write them in pen. Thanks again for joining us. And we'll see you next time to celebrate Tony's birthday, just like we did last year. If you've got any Tony related fan works, any Tony shit manifestos, or just the reason why you love Tony that you want to send us, hit us up and we will read them on air. If you make any art or anything else that you want to share on Tumblr, um, add us and we will reblog it. We hope to see you then. Thanks for listening. Bye.